I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 327. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Death to Life. Now that's a miracle worth talking about, don't you think? Of course, any of us who believe in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior have been called out of death into life. And that's what Lauren Daigle sings about in her song, Still Rolling Stones. I can't wait to dive into scripture to a rich account of God rolling a stone away and calling the dead to life. But before we get to that, let's listen. sure where I wanted to go first. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know that it's all about using the songs we're listening to to launch us into scripture and then spending our time there. But there are a few places in scripture where stones were rolled away. The primary one is the resurrection of Jesus. And I went and read all four gospel accounts of the resurrection of Jesus and the stone being rolled away. And even though that's not where I decided to land with this week's podcast, my time in God's word was not wasted. And I want to take a moment to encourage you. You will always benefit from spending time in God's word. So what if you chase a rabbit and never really study what you were supposed to, quote unquote, right? The Bible is God's revealed word. What a gift it is that we have it to explore both in systematic ways and sometimes while chasing a few rabbits. But the stone rolling incident I landed on is found in John chapter 11. In fact, John eleven thirty nine 39 records Jesus's command, remove the stone. And you may know that my favorite Bible interaction tool exercise, and I call these exercises bites for short, is to read in context and generally the chapter before, the chapter and the chapter after. Um, and you will always benefit from this practice. But this week, the, this account is really encased in this one chapter. So what bites did I use this week? Well, I used the bite of repetition, meaning I read this chapter several times over the course of the week. I also combined that with the bite of reading the chapter in a variety of translations. Now, I've accumulated several physical Bibles and even several study Bibles over the years, but you don't you don't really need a library like mine to follow these bites. If you download the Bible app on your smartphone or if you have access to a variety of translations, either 
either right there in the app or an online resource right at your fingertips. Um, So the online resources that I can recommend, BibleGateway.com, BibleHub.com, you may have your own favorite online Bible site. Use those. The Bible in a variety of translations is there available for free right there at your fingertips. So when Lauren Daigle sings of God being a God who still rolls away stones, she's specifically singing of being called from death to life as it relates to salvation and eternity. And that is what's happening here in John chapter 11. So it's a well-known miracle since uh, it is the time when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But no matter how familiar you are with the story, you will benefit from reading the text carefully and repetitively as I did this week. So in lieu of reading the chapter to you here, here's a recap. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are dear friends of Jesus. We don't know what happened, but Lazarus gets sick. And the family sins for Jesus with the obvious intent that he would heal his sickness and keep him from dying. Of course, this is not what happens at all. Not only does Jesus not come, but he doesn't come on purpose. And not only does Jesus not heal Lazarus, which he obviously could have done from a distance. He did it before in the case of Jesus healing the official son in John chapter 4. But he lets him die. And he lets him be buried for four days. Now, the significance of the four days dead is that Jewish sources indicate this belief that the soul hovered over the body for three days, hoping to re-enter it, but then eventually gives up and departs. And so just to be sure that the miracle he was about to perform couldn't be explained away, Jesus allows Lazarus to die, be buried, and not only that, but be buried past the three-day soul hovering mark. Okay, so Jesus goes to Bethany and eventually and has some conversations with Mary and Martha who are devastated at the loss of their brother. And they let him know how they felt he could have made a difference if he would have made a different choice. In fact, Martha said in verse 21, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Mary said in verse 32, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. (laughs) Let's just say they probably had talked about this amongst themselves a little bit. Uh, It is in this account that we see the deep compassion of Christ. In verse 35, we see that Jesus wept. He loved this family. He was sympathetic to their sorrow. But all of this had to be done. Why? Well, Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's finish up the story and then let's go exploring. So it's at this point that Jesus had them bring uh, bring him to the tomb of Lazarus, and he asks them to roll the stone away, and he calls him out from death to life. And I love this. When he walks out of the grave, Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. And how profound that statement is as we look at the parallel of Lazarus coming out of the grave from death to life, and how we come out of the grave from eternal death to eternal life. Okay, so that's the basic story under our belt. Let's go exploring. Once you read a chapter like this several times and in several translations, there's bound to be something that will rise to the surface for you. If you do the work, you will get the results. I would love for you to get the same results I got, but even more than that, I kind of want you to get your own results. I know that God will reveal himself very personally and and uniquely to you as well. I know he will. Every time I start to doubt it, then someone comes and reports to me, I read my Bible for myself and it was amazing. And I remember, yes, 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 the Lord always meets you when you go and read his revealed word to you. Okay, so this is where the elbow grease comes in, though. There's no quick fix. There's no drive-by knowledge. Um, you just have to read it and reread it. And so what comes to the surface? Now, for me, sometimes what'll come to the surface is our questions. Like, I have no idea what he means here types 
types of questions. And there are a few of those in the text for me, even in John chapter 11. At the beginning of this account, we account we are given insight into a conversation Jesus had with his disciples. He wants to go back to Judea because of what's happening to Lazarus, but it's going to be dangerous for him to do so. And in verse 8, the disciples say to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you and you're going to go there again. And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. What in the world does that mean? I'm not actually going to answer that one here, but I bring it up because I want to point out that asking questions of the text, not being sure what it means, it's a natural part of the process. So whatever you do, don't give up. So my main advice in, in times like this is to focus in on the areas you do understand and not get defeated about those areas that you don't understand just yet. There are options to explore those areas you don't understand. I share many of them on the podcast, but always, always start with the stuff you do understand. There's enough there to really soak in. And then over time, you um, can learn all those and get all those other questions answered. So for me this week, there were some words that rose to the surface, the conjunction so and the word believe. Okay, those two words just kind of jumped out at me. Those repetitive after reading it several times, I was like, man, this is this is very repetitive and this matters. Okay, now in the ESV, the English Standard Version, which is the version I use to study, it is a word for word translation or an essentially literal translation. This translation faithfully brings the meaning of each Greek word into English, but then uses our ordinary English word order and syntax. So that's where it it benefits um, better than like the King James Version, because that's not how we talk anymore. And so uh, the ESV is a lot easier to read than maybe an older version like that that was written in the 1600s or translated in the 1600s. So in the ESV, I see nine instances of the word believe and six of the nine times that word was spoken by Jesus. So that tells me it's an important theme in this chapter. And then there are also many times the word so is used or the conjunction so is used. Again, not surprising because it is a conjunction, a word connecting phrases or clauses. I say it a lot on the podcast. It is a grammar tool, but it is used many times also to introduce a clause of reason and explanation. And we will see that here in this chapter. So let's explore these two. See what I did there? Okay. So once again, I saw these words rise to the surface. I used the bite of writing in my Bible. Now, perhaps you're not comfortable doing that, and I get it. I encourage you, however, to press forth and write in it anyway. It's a wonderful way to interact with God's Word. But if you just can't do it, go ahead and go to an online resource like BibleHub.com, copy the text of the chapter, paste it into a Word doc or a Google doc, double space it, widen the margins, and print it out. And then you can mark away and you won't feel like you're making a mistake in your Bible and you can just um, do what, you know, mark it up to your heart's content. All right. Now, so when I did that, I actually didn't print it out this time. I have done that before, especially when um, I, I want to write a lot. In this case, I just wanted to highlight those two words. So I just circled all the times the word so was used in my Bible and I underlined all the times the word believe was used. You can use colored pencils. You can try different colored highlighters, whatever floats your boat. Just interact with God's word and do it um, either in your Bible or on a printed copy. Now, the first so we see is in verse three. And as we see uh, that Lazarus here, here it is. I'm sorry that we see that Lazarus gets sick. 
So the sisters sent for Jesus. Another way of saying it is the reason they sent for Jesus is because Lazarus was sick. And we discover by reading the entire context of the story that they thought Jesus could do something about it. So write that out in your wide margin. You know, um, they had a problem. They knew Jesus could resolve, so they sent for him, <laughs> right? This is these. This is the reasoning. And and um, again, if you do print it out and you have those wider margins that you can make notes, you can do that as well. But Jesus, he had a different take on what was going to what was going to happen. Uh, in verse four, it says, "When Jesus heard it, he said that this illness does not lead to death; it is for the glory of God, so so that the Son of God may be glorified through it." So here's our second so. In fact, it's a so that, which links our reason and explanation clauses. The illness was for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified. All right. So for any of you who are are ill or have walked through illness with a loved one or are currently walking through it with a loved one, it's a rare place where God's glory is paramount to the healing you seek for your loved one or yourself. I'm just trying to keep it real here. Uh, when my grandfather was ill, I, I did care about God's glory. I did see him working, but I really just wanted him to heal him. And so reading this story may be very difficult for you, but I just want you to hang in there because there are even more so that's to discover. And there's a really big um, thing that we need to understand out of this story that is so much greater than even the healing of Um, loved ones. All right. So now before we move on to the next one, I don't want to skip that phrase. This illness does not lead to death that Jesus said. What what do you mean there, Jesus? That's exactly what it led to. (laughs) So this is our first hint that life and death as we see it may not be the life and death that Jesus sees or that he's referring to here. And if you think that is confusing, just wait till our next so. (laughs) All right. Now, verse five, it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Okay. So Jesus loved the sisters and Lazarus. So he waited to go meet them in their grief and help them. I mean, how does waiting properly display his love for them? Well, John really, really doesn't want us to miss the point here. Jesus's actions were loving, not because they fit the mold of what we think is the appropriate response and not because it fit the mold of what he'd done before. We already mentioned the official son, but he healed that boy from a distance. He could have done that for Lazarus and Mary and Martha, and he didn't. We could at this point determine, like in this story, that he is not a loving savior because he doesn't do it the same way every time. Or if we're honest with ourselves, he doesn't do it the way we want him to do it. Think on that for a minute. How many times do you do you go there as you read scripture? But let's keep going. As we proceed through scripture to our next so, we see a conversation he's having with his disciples. Uh, it is going to be dangerous. Again, we talked about this earlier. It's going to be dangerous for Jesus to visit his friends. And his disciples are trying to make the case for him not to go. And then we read this in verses 14 and 15. Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Now, I'm glad I wasn't there to keep Lazarus from dying so that you may believe. Reason and explanation. The reason I waited two days was not to keep myself safe. It was not because I didn't care. It was not for any of the 1,000 reasons that you can make it up, make up in your head. It was so that you may believe. 
So here's our first instance also of the word believe. And while there are a few more so conjunctions that you can explore on your own, I want to shift my attention to these instances of the word believe now. Okay. So as we keep reading the account, we see Martha running out to Jesus with her Lord. If you had been here, my brother would not have died moment. Uh, But I love her faith because she adds, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. So I'm wondering, like, what is she asking? Is she asking Jesus to raise him from the dead? I mean, maybe. Maybe she's just asking for comfort because he goes on to say, um, your brother will rise again. And Martha comes back with, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I can't tell if she's asking to for him and then just kind of holding back um, part of herself, just not even daring to hope that he could do that. I'm not really sure what's going on here. But basically, it doesn't matter because all this is all that Jesus needs. Um, this is the only setup that he needs. <laughs> this is the part that you need to pay the closest attention to because it says, Jesus said to her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, this is the sixth I am statement in the book of John. It is a direct revelation of Jesus's claim to deity. In the book of Exodus, God revealed himself to Moses as I am. And Jesus picks that up and reveals himself to be the divine expression of I am. But it is also here where we see Jesus talking about life and death differently than maybe what we understand it. This, by the way, is the perfect complement to last week's episode, episode number 326, where we talked about life in this body versus life in our eternal body when we talked about, I used the song Absent from Flesh. But here Jesus is talking about dying on earth, but truly having eternal life. And eternal life is a forever life with Christ and absent from the body, but present with the Lord life. And we get that life through our belief in Christ. And it's so important to Jesus that that the people he loves understands this. I mean, we already saw that he let this whole scene unfold so that the disciples believed. And then here, right after this I am statement, Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this? It's really, really important to Jesus that you believe in him. That is what leads to eternal life. He he wants to roll the stone away from your life. He he wants to take you out of the trap of death, bound in burial clothes. He wants to call you to walk in newness of life, but we have to believe in him. So when Jesus instructs them to take away the stone and Martha objects because it was going to smell bad, Jesus responds in verse 40, did I not tell you that if, if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Let's keep reading. And this is the best part. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And God recorded all of this, by the way, so that we may believe. And if you haven't done so, step out in faith right now. Believe in Jesus for eternal life. Trust me, my friend. He's still rolling stones and he wants you to be unbound and free. Now, one final thought before we close. There are two more instances of the word believe in this chapter. One, when it said many who saw this scene believed. Many? I know. It's insane to think that some did not believe. They saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. 
but they didn't believe. And then there were there were others who went and tattled to the chief priests and Pharisees. There was, and then the Pharisees' response, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Ah, God forbid. And honestly, this was the beginning of the end of the life of Christ on earth. And then you can explore this on your own. But as you do that, these final verses of chapter 11, ask yourself this question. How could some believe and others not? And then still others use this act of God's glory against Jesus. And then ask, does this happen today? So what's next? We'll read John chapter 11, read John 11 several times and in several translations. Mark in your Bible or print out a version you feel comfortable marking up and highlight the areas where the word believe is used. That is the theme I don't want you to miss. You can also explore the conjunction so as well, pondering those reason and explanation clauses surrounding that word. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneesat. My public Facebook page is michellekneesat. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, if you haven't joined the 30-Day Music Challenge yet, I highly recommend it. This challenge is to listen exclusively to Christian music for 30 days. You're never too late to jump in. All you have to do is just submit your name and email address at michellekneesat.com forward slash 30-Day Challenge and you're in. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Chloe from Massachusetts, Judy from Michigan, Nicole from Texas, Christine from Arkansas, and Mareka from South Africa. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource. You also get a email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. It's all my, all just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Now, have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? It encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Kay DeRoos, who writes, I just discovered this podcast while browsing for something to listen to while I work, something that would be biblically sound and deep, a healthy tool to point my focus to Jesus. I am so impressed. I started at the beginning and I love it already. Thank you so much for the emphasis you put on context. Keep seeking Jesus and calling others to do the same. I absolutely will, Kay. And thank you for the review. I really appreciate it. And of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneesat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Peace Be Still by Hope Darst to lead us to scripture. But if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 327. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.